Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks so much for joining us for the last installment of this Building Thriving Families podcast. I'm Pastor Derek. I'm here with uh, Pastor Scott and Carrie. And uh, good to have you guys here. That was good. And uh, yeah, we're we're kind of viewing this last installment as kind of a bridge from one series to the next series. We've had lots of great conversations uh, on this podcast along the way. And so we'll we'll reflect on that in just a second. But what I'd love to do is just to hear from you guys what you know Scott in the in the first week I think I, I heard you in the room at the end um, kind of walk the congregation through uh, you know everybody's a part of a family in some way and we, we probably have a main role that we're embodying right now so uh, either uh, mom or, or dad or brother or sister or son or daughter or you know just aunt or uncle there's just a whole variety of things that uh, people play and so I'd love to hear from you guys what do you see what's your family situation right now what roles are you embodying oh boy uh, why don't we start with carrie okay so i embody the role of a middle sister i have two sisters on either end of me i am a daughter i am a niece i am a um, pseudo aunt Uh to a lot of kids a lot of kids kids. (laughs) uh so those are kind of the roles that i play how's that going for you right now where where Uh, where where is your family everything happening right now Oh, it's everything's good. Yeah. Really, in all reality, everything's great. Um, I love being a sister to my two sisters. I love being in the middle. Um, they have very distinct personalities, just like I do, and they always say that they're the same and I'm different, and it's worked out really well <laughs> for all these years. So that's been great. My mom's awesome. I love having the relationship I have with her and with all of my aunts and uncles and cousins and the pseudo nieces and nephews. I just love them. Like I love spending time with them. Cool. Wow. What about you, Scott? What's your What's kind of your main role? Your embodiment? Holy cow! I was just overwhelmed with all the pseudo kind of thing. <laughs> that was awesome, uh, Care. Uh-huh. Uh, so I've never called you Care either. It's oh, always wow. KG. <laughs> it is always. This KG. is starting out splendidly. <laughs> I think the main role right now uh, is is dad. Mm-hmm. I feel that I feel that pretty heavily. Just with two, well, one teenage daughter and one on the cusp of. I just feel like that is the yeah. role that's becoming super prominent right now. Uh, and this, I think the second one that's kind of circled back around is, is son. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I got a couple of parents that are aging and they've had some health stuff come up. They've actually moved out of our house wow. that we grew up in. So like 38 years of life. Yeah. Um, I just, I just, you know, yeah. I, I, that's, that's just present. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I know for me, it's like the, the, uh, it's, it's funny how they kind of ebb and flow and come and go in, yeah. in various forms of intensity those roles and so I would have said dad for a long long time and now we're our last one's heading out and that kind of switches a little bit and you do turn like turn a little bit more attention to son maybe a little bit more attention to I know my brother just visited uh, and stayed with us for a week and so I was brother all of a sudden you know when when people kind of grow and move away it's like some of those wane a little bit yeah and uh, it's fun to see those kind of family roles come back around so hey I want to um you know, we've we've taken a little bit of a different approach to defining family this time around. Kind of moved away from the nuclear family, you know, husband, wife, two kids, dog, and white picket fence, and into a little bit more uh, robust uh, and maybe even um, controversial. Yeah, <laughs> definite <laughs> word. I've heard a little bit about that uh, <laughs> definition of family: multi generational team on mission. And so now that we've lived with that for a minute and we've had lots of conversations around it a lot of great conversations um just what are your reflections uh on that 
kind of approach to thinking about family? Uh, what has captured your attention about that? What do you think it may be a weakness of that definition? Mm-hmm. And maybe even Scott, talk about some of the conversations we've had around that definition. That's kind of been the, the basis of this whole podcast yeah. for yeah. for the month. So yeah. maybe just reflect on that on that definition for a second. Yeah. Uh, KG, I'm going to go for, first on that go one right if you're ahead. okay. I th- the thing that's fascinated me with the different conversations of people is that I think people are realizing that um, they're all in different stages of, of of this of this reality of like, oh wait, I've kind of bought into the nuclear family kind of thing. And even if they have had if they if they have lots of family here, mm-hmm. they still embrace the notion of family as okay. Well, that's just the nuclear family. That's just what family is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of been fun to walk through, walk with people and just hear them start to assess where they're at. But also at the same time, they've taken a look at uh, their, 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 their dynamic of family and how they, they didn't necessarily see the, the, the idea of that multi-generational influence actually influencing their family until they've taken pause to reflect on it. Mm. So that's been really neat. That's been a really neat finding. But there's the other, the other, another aspect of it is it's so complicated Mm. and it's also so nuanced. Yeah. No, no, no two people have sat down over the last couple of weeks and talked about family and they've like, Oh yeah, that's exactly like my family. Not one. Mm. And um, some have been uh, blended families and that for me i've heard this like how do you how do you take the blended family where there's been a couple of divorcees and then they've remarried and they've adopted other families how do you do the whole multi-generational team on mission yeah. when you're co-parenting or or kind of like the, the the wise adult with someone else's kid playing with different rules and it's it's that to me the whole idea of the the complexity of it yeah. has really kind of shined through yeah that's awesome. Um, I'm going to say that I felt very like I was ready to stand up and cheer a little bit because I feel like the family that I have had for most of my life is being spotlighted right now. I have had things have just been different in our family. We have not been that traditional sense of family for over 30 years. So we have always had this dynamic of older and younger and people who aren't blood related, just part of our dynamic as the Grandy family. And it's been really fun for me mm-hmm. to see it coming to light, to hear people talking about it. It started some great conversations with me and friends of mine that are just like, wait, this is what you've known? It's like, yes, let me share this with you. Mm-hmm. It's just been a great way to kind of bring them into what my world has looked like for the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, That's I really it. cool. Yeah, and I think that that has been kind of part of the vision for the series is to go, you know, I think by the way we have traditionally defined family in the church even uh, has resembled a little bit more the American dream than it does Genesis and the way God uh, kind of intended this. And so, you know, my my hope was that that very thing would happen, Carrie, is that there there would be more conversation around uh, some of the more non-traditional family. And I think one of the weaknesses, you know, I asked what are some of the weaknesses Mm -hmm. of the definition? One of the weaknesses I tried to address in week one, maybe not greatly, um, was, is that it can, it can feel like a free for all. It can feel like we're opening the <laughs> yes. doors wide open to any crazy arrangement that, you know, somebody can come up with and concoct. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that is, I, I, I didn't want that to, 
to happen yeah. because I do believe that there is structure to the way God intended this thing. Yeah. Um, but I'm just not sure it's the 1950s American structure that some of us have uh, kind of adopted as the, yeah. as the and, ideal. And, and here's the thing, having the conversations, people are very disoriented with this. And it, it's, it's a healthy disorientation. Agreed. It's a very, very healthy disorientation. But it's, it's creating great pause, even in our family and in our life group and just some of the conversations that, we, that we've been having of just like, all right, we can't, we can't just heap the shame and the guilt on mm-hmm. for moving away because my wife and I were the ones that moved away from all of our family. Mm-hmm. So we can't do that. We can't go back. So, but we can't go forward. And, it's, and it's, it's done it's such a great job of creating a lot of pause and a lot of people mm-hmm. and giving them space to reflect and like, all right, moving forward, how can we begin to adopt this and set it up well for the next generation that we get to impact? So that's been really neat. That's great. Yeah, and I think those the the um, organizing concepts are really strong. So even if you know, even if you've moved away from your extended family, multi generational doesn't say it has to be your blood relatives. It just says that's an important influence I think for every family to have. So you know, even if it's adopted grandpas and grandmas (laughs) from the church or in your neighborhood or something like that, that there's a clan kind of a dynastic approach that's really important for kids to see versus just, hey, we're doing travel soccer and all of our life is about you and uh, everything that, you know, you endeavor to do, we're going to help you do versus kind of really being intentional about having these influence. I think the team thing to what you said, you know, that team concept of going, is our family a team? Mm -hmm. And that team even addresses some of the complications Mm-hmm. you know, that you mentioned of like co-parenting and some of the stuff that comes in of like, yeah, we can still, there's lots of teams that are really diverse 100%. and that are really have very different viewpoints on all kinds of things. Yeah. But we, if we come together around this one thing, yeah. even if we're not totally in sync on everything else, yeah. when, when we step into the team room, <laughs> we're together, Yeah, you know, and I think, yeah. Anybody can do that. Yeah. And I think, I think though, you know, you mentioned you know, what, what, what's a weakness of the definition. I think the vagueness of mission, mm. a multi-generational team on mission. I think what I'm hearing people say is like, we don't have a mission. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, and it's like, how do we start a mission? Like we're not entering into the business world. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I know Beth Key's, Jeff Bethke's got some resources on his webpage that kind of help, you know, families walk through that mainly because Heather and I downloaded it and we're like, oh, this right. is going to be helpful. <laughs> um, uh-huh. but, but I think that that's, that that's a, that's a challenge, you know, to it is just like, okay, well, they're just like, well, what is, what is our mission as a family? And it's just like crickets and you're like, okay, and yeah. we've got some work to do kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. I think for my family, it's, we have been, I had a sister that lived out of town for almost 20 years and she's coming home and this is going to change the dynamic, not in a negative way. It's the unknown. We have no idea what this is now going to look like. We have not lived in the same city as adults. So we now have to figure out what that looks like when it comes to Sunday dinner, when it comes (laughs) to hanging out together. She joked with me last night, I'm going to see you every day. And I was like, "Uh, maybe not. Like just, I would love to see you every day. And she laughed. She's like, I was kidding. I'm like, I know. But also kind of, were you kidding? Because she's so happy to be coming home to get back into the fold of what the family here has been like, that I have to kind of take pause and think like, okay, she's been gone for 20 years. It's different from her side. So how do we bring her back in and make her feel part of things? We tried over the last 20 years to do that, but now she's here. So how do we balance that with her to feel like you're, you're definitely here and we want you here, mm. but we also have lives that we're living 
and it looks a little different. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. I reflecting on the mission thing. I mean, I know. I remember. Uh, we we just had a taste. Our kids are grown, as you heard, as as you know, and, yeah. and um, we had a taste. I remember when they were, you know, ten, seven, and four. Kim and I riding home from uh, a trip to Pittsburgh, and we were talking about like, what is our family's vision? What's a vision or mission for our family? And we've ta- we talked about a, a few different things, and have really tried to live those over the years, making sure people outside of the walls are just as important as those inside. Some of the same things we talk about at church, yeah, sure. and. Um, one of the things that I remember us talking about was we said we, we want them when they're adults to want to be with us, to want to come home from time to time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, as we sat on, out on our deck last weekend with all of our kids wanting to be there with their wives or girlfriends, it was just like, oh my gosh, this, I think we did. It I happened. think it happened. <laughs> <It's so laughs> high fiving and all sorts of yeah. awesomeness yeah. happening. Yeah. It is not perfect, believe me, but it, it's, that's one cool thing. So, okay, listen, we need to, I want to shift because we're, we're kind of acting as a bridge here to the next series. And, and I think one of the reasons that family is so complicated and such a complicated subject to talk about is because um, Jesus didn't really help to uncomplicate it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, it's like, hey, Jesus, you know, give us some help here. And um, his takes on family uh, were a little confusing mm-hmm. at best. Yeah. And uh, because he would say things like, you know, his his mother and brothers come to, uh, you know, to say, hey, you're looking tired. And he basically is like, you're not my mo- Here are my mother and brothers. <laughs> yeah. Like, like oh. <laughs> And so he does weird things like that. And uh, so just talk about how maybe your reflections on on Jesus' take on family and why it's significant for for us today. That's good. You want to go take a stab at that, Katie? Sure. I think as I was thinking through this um, and just trying to let it settle for a little bit, for me, Jesus' take on family, it is in some ways he knew that he had his mom and his and his dad, but he also then went out and he picked Mm. 12 people to be his family. So it wasn't just like, I have to stick with just this mom and this dad in this place right here. He went out and he said, I'm going to make you part of my family. I'm going to make you part of my family. I'm going to choose you as part of my family. Mm. And then for a couple of years, he taught them what that looked like along with a lot of other things. And then he said, go out and do it. Mm. And that piece of family is embedded in there. And when I look at what my family has been like, where we have friends who are neighbors, who they've been part of my life forever. They are my papa, my nanny. Mm. They are my people that I feel like in some ways it's such a, it reflects what we've done and maybe not accidentally or on purpose. I don't really know which way it went. It just happened. Mm. They became part of who we are. And I feel like God gave me the opportunity. Jesus showed me that you can pick who your family is. Mm. You can say, I'm going to, I'm going to choose you to be part of my life. You're part of my family. It doesn't matter if we share blood. What matters is we share experiences. We share space together in the really great times and the really, really bad ones. That's really great. And that's where, that's what, that's what family means to me. So Yeah, we didn't get to choose our biological nope. family. Like nope. you, you popped out and you were in it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but but there is a sense of yeah. you get to kind of choose mm-hmm. also who you do life with. Absolutely. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, that's yeah, really what, cool. What about you, Scott? KG? So I think, so I, I put myself in Old Testament shoes and, and think they had such a better concept of this idea of multi-general household, right? And tribe and everything. And so 
when Jesus was in that space, they had such a better understanding of what he was talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Just, I mean, we're, we're dealing with half the deck in understanding. And when I read those, when I read those words, I, I'm like, okay, th they understood what he was saying, but they also didn't because what he was saying is just like, you, you don't understand. I'm bringing in the new kingdom. And because of what I'm going to go do, you're going to get it adopted into God's family. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that is just, to me, is just revolutionary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, I don't, and we don't get that because we're mm -hmm. so far removed from it even more so. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at you two and I'm just like, well, you're my brother and you're my sister. Right. And we, we treat each other like that in a lot of ways because we're in proximity to one another, working together. We're chasing after the same mission. Yeah. So the church has structured itself in a way where it reflects that. I just don't know if we've done a really great job of getting that out into our everybody that you know goes to church or calls a church yeah. home home like if they actually get it yeah because mm -hmm. we're so far removed from it so yeah yeah and i think when people come to a church like ours and, and it's you're right it's partly us not doing the best job that sometimes it can feel more like a business yeah. to some. Yep. Sometimes it can feel like an event, mm -hmm. like a concert, yeah. like they're coming yeah. to a concert and then they just get to go home and do whatever. And really one of the leading metaphors in the Bible to talk about the church is family. Family. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it is brothers and sisters and God is our father. And, you know, Jesus even said he's our brother, yes. you know. And uh, so thinking about and, and when you read the Gospels through that lens mm -hmm. and recognize that Jesus is saying, you know, yeah, you have a biological family and that's great. But there's this spiritual family that when you become a Christian, you get adopted into it's an amazing like flip in our mm -hmm. in our brains of like what is because and a lot of the things he said you know the disciples came to him and said hey we gave up everything to follow you like kind of like what do we get <laughs> and he said he responded basically said you gave up mothers and brothers and sisters like some of you walked away from the yeah. family to follow me and when he goes you're going to get all that back a hundredfold the promise that he is making to people is the church. Mm -hmm. He's saying the church is going to be a new family for you. And he takes the biological family and says, that's still important. But then he raises, he elevates the importance of the spiritual family and goes, that's actually the promise. That's actually the hundredfold promise of um, when, when stuff breaks in your own family. Yeah. And what, the question we have to ask is, are we doing a good oh, job man. helping yeah, the that's church a great to question. be that? It is a, it's a great, great question. question. And when you look at the first century church, right? Right when it was getting started. I mean, th you read in Acts over and over again that they were that they were trying to do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they had their, and they did. They had their disputes and they their did. disagreements. <laughs> but they still came back together and they fought for, they fought for unity. Yeah. And they, yeah. And they just fought together for one another. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think it means for us to function as God's family, as the church? What could we do better in that? What, what, uh, how, how, does, how, how do we have to adjust our thinking to, to, to be a family, uh, within the, a spiritual family within the confines of the church? Ooh, that's a good one, huh? Yeah, it is. All right, I made you go first last time. I'll, oh, thank goodness. I'll, I'll yeah, go. you can go ahead. <laughs> I can see, I can see, he's like, oh, don't, 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 don't do it. So, yeah, we're, so... Here's step one for me recently. This is recent. Has been I can't go into the church 
and, and look at my spiritual family the same way I do my biological family. Mm-hmm. Say more. So I'm the oldest. Something happens when you're the oldest versus the youngest. Like there's just roles, right? First versus middle. the middle. <laughs> <laughs> See? See what I mean? Look what just happened. Oh, she just came we, out we know, hard. We know what just happened. <laughs> there, here's the crazy thing. We can't do that because there isn't that in the spiritual family structure. And then we're all, we're all, you know, we all popped out at the same time. I mean, if you want to use it that way, <laughs> it's weird. Let's not do that. But there is something that I have to, I have to take that off and be like, okay, we're, we're, we're all the same. We're all on the same level playing field. Mm-hmm. And I need to, I need to sacrifice. Here's the second piece. I need to sacrifice my, my wants, my needs, my desires for the health of my brother, sister that's struggling over here. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't do that as a first child because it's all about me as the first child. I'm the first. I'm the trailblazer. Preach. You know what I mean? Middle <laughs> like, children are very good at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, first child, first children aren't. First kids aren't. Correct. Which is not. We are. I'm going to go and I'm going to show you the way and you're going to step in line because my example was awesome. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah, okay. I you're, see it. You're preaching my language. <laughs> so there's a couple of things that you have to, you know, set aside mm-hmm. to when you when you take a look at the spiritual family and man i just don't i i don't do that enough i don't see it like that enough we we let personal opinions of things and like oh well they're this this and this get in the way i'm like that's my brother mm-hmm. that would you do that to your brother and if you're in a healthy if you're in a healthy family the answer is no you wouldn't do that to your brother or your sister because if someone came at your brother or sister, you'd be like, Mm-mm, not today because that's my brother or sister. Mm-hmm. But we're doing that inside our own spiritual family to one another. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it just, that has to just break God's heart. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to give a word to what you just described that I think kind of captures it. It's, it, we need to relearn empathy. Yeah. Um, because empathy is uh, the ability to, to put myself in your shoes and then to do myself what I would do if I were you. And I think one of the things, like if you think about parenting, for example, if something happens to your kid at school or whatever, there's some injustice uh, to them, um, you, you, Mm. I'll go to any lengths to right that wrong, right? And so the question then becomes, well, what about if it's the kid of my brother or sister Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I probably in biologically. Yeah, probably I would still do that spiritually. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when we hear stories of our brothers and sisters, things happening to them, mm-hmm. the question is, mm-hmm. can we empathize? Can we go, I'm not going to let, not on my watch. Am I going to let that happen to my brother or sister? Yeah. You know? And so there's this like standing up for, you know, my, my, the only fist fight I've ever gotten in my life was when my little brother was getting bullied by somebody mm-hmm. and I knocked the kid out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because that was the only time, but it (laughs) was because you're messing with my brother. Right. You know, and I feel like that same mindset has to kind of filter into the church. Yeah. Empathy. That's good. I think too, when I think about, I come to church by myself, right? It's just me that comes to church every week for the last 11 and a half years. And if I had stuck with the biological thought of what family is, I would still be by myself. Mm-hmm. So when I walked into church, I had to figure out when I was going to be vulnerable enough to let somebody come in and invite me to be part of a life group or to talk to me or even sit in the same row as me. And so I think back to then 
and I transfer that to now. Um, so it's back to the old adage I always say is everything has to look like a you. There has to be an opening for people to come in. There's always a seat in the row with me. People are always welcome. You're always going to be part of what I'm doing. And, and you know, as I'm walking around on a Sunday morning or on a Tuesday night, if you want to go watch a sunset or if you want to get ice cream, that's just that's what people did for me. Mm-hmm. And I think about the girl who walked in 11 and a half years ago and the girl who's standing here right now. They're very different people. And it's because the church opened their arms to me and said, you're welcome here. Mm-hmm. And so I think about that in terms of welcoming people into my family as in the spiritual sense. It's that same idea. I'm going to love you. I might love some of you differently and in a closer connection, but you always are going to be loved by me. I'm going to give you the time I can, and I'm going to sit and talk with you. Some of the, some of those people I have a deeper relationship with, but I had to form my family at church. I had to figure out how to say, okay, you need people to stay here Mm -hmm. because I wanted to stay. I felt that pool of Jesus. I wanted to stay, but I wasn't sure that at that point in time it was going to be enough. So I needed people to ask me why I wasn't there on a Sunday really and good. wonder where, what I was doing and why aren't you part of a life group? Why aren't you leading this? Why aren't you part of this? I needed people to do that. And so I'm just kind of taking the example that was given to me and I'm trying so hard every, every week to give that same love and grace and attention to people who might feel like, I'm just sitting here by myself. I'm not seen. Oh no, you're seen. Mm-hmm. We see you mm-hmm. and we're going to care for you and love you and help your hearts and your souls and your minds be ready to take that step because it's hard (laughs) to say, I'm going to form a whole new family. And then you're like, what does that even mean? Yeah. I think it's it's such a really good practical word of advice. I think is just that intentionality of like, what are you thinking? What Mm -hmm. are you looking for? When you walk into church, Mm -hmm. what are you thinking about? Where are you paying attention? And I think People in nuclear families, because it's so individual, Mm -hmm. it's like I'm taking my family to church and we are going to sit together and we're going to leave and we did church. Mm -hmm. And the mindset needs a shift of going like, what are you, you're bringing your family to be part of another family for a while. And and how would we now interact as a family um, within this larger family? Mm -hmm. To, to show that we're all yeah. in it together. Yeah. I heard hospitality just ooze out of a lot yeah, of the absolutely. stuff that you were talking <laughs> Thanks, about. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is empathy and hospitality. I mean, benchmarks of a really welcoming family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Good. So uh, let's wrap this up. I, I think that the, what, the, w- the way I kind of want to conclude this is, is to build this bridge and to say, Jesus said, there's a there's a, a grander, a bigger family that we get to be a part of. And we're kind of shifting our sermon series from talking about um, our families of origin to talking about our spiritual family. That's mm-hmm. gonna be the month of August. And I think for a church like ours, especially, you know, we're a big church. It's mm-hmm. a it's a it's a different vibe. We're mm-hmm. we we're not naturally intimate yeah. just because of size, mm-hmm. sheer size. And so I think it's something that we have to work on. Mm-hmm. But I w- I've been reflecting on what does the church really offer people? You know, and I think if we think along the, the t- normal lines, we think, well, we offer people teaching. Mm-hmm. Well, these days people can get the best teaching on a podcast. I mean, th- they can just go out at right. any moment of any day of every week right. and listen to the best teaching in the whole world on YouTube or a podcast or whatever. Uh, they don't need my teaching. Right. Um, worship. People can listen to the best worship music in the whole wide world at any moment of any day. Um, Kids programming. Mm -hmm. People can get kids programming all over the place to keep their kids busy. (laughs) Summer camps and swim teams and whatever. Um, 
the question for a church like ours is to go, what do we really offer? Mm-hmm. And I think we offer family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we offer spiritual community. Yep. Okay. Um, and that's what we're going to be focusing on in August. I love it. So awesome. So, appreciate you both. Thanks so much for uh, for sharing your wisdom and for being vulnerable. He looked and, at you uh, when you when he said wisdom. Yeah. By the way. I just wanted to, I wanted to declare that over the airwaves. <laughs> I'm not even you you got me speechless (laughs) we appreciate you all hope you had a blast listening to this little series of podcasts thanks Scott for hosting so many of them along the way and uh, it's been a great journey together see you in August take care